Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am Andy Ruther coming to you live. From Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host coming to you live from Venice Beach, Joey Nochilprano. Hello, Andy. Another cross-country podcast, Prano. That's right. I'm sitting here on Venice Beach. I'm staring out at the ocean, watching the waves come in. You watching chili roll across the backyard? No, but I am. Uh, I have not walked out of my parents' house today. It is. We had a couple would be called cool days in Ohio. Now it's back to the low 90s humidity. You hate your life when you walk outside to grab the mail. Yeah, totally. You know, you know, you know how that is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's good to be home. But when you when you talk about the beach and the waves, I'll be honest, man. I can't. I'll be back tonight. I look forward to maybe taking a nice beach bike ride when I get back to Savage Town. Yeah, I've been I've been on the road so much, and finally I'm I'm back for more than one day, and I'm like, oh, I got it. Like I'm gonna go take this dirty sports call at the beach just so I can stare at the ocean for 90 minutes. Now you're leaving again this week. I am not. Bingle you... Fest is officially canceled. Oh, sorry to hear the bad news. Yeah, uh, good news, bad news, depending on how you look at it. Uh, I'm I'm sad to not uh, hang out with some bingleberries and some shitheads and some dirt balls. Uh, but good news is that I don't have to travel this weekend. Surprise, surprise. Eddie F wasn't really paying for Bingle, you know, paying the comics. So it was more about the experience. Although I did feel like, you know, having created the idea of Bingle Fest, I sort of owed it to him to be there. Um, but it was his call. He had, he had some, uh, he had some problems in negotiations with the girl who we were renting the, the treehouse farm from crazy, crazy lived up to her name. She started acting super crazy. So uh, he just walked away, and uh, I think in the end it'll be good for everybody. Yeah, but a little but bit. Shout out, but, but shout out to anybody who was planning on be there. If you were if you were planning on being at a Bingle Fest, slide in my DMs. I'll let you know when I'll be back in your particular area because I, I do love seeing dirt balls come out to shows. Yeah, man, I, I've been. It's been really cool for me. Obviously, you've been on the road a lot, but it's been. Awesome to see all the pictures, social media of the dirt balls that are coming out to support you, which Joe and I obviously love and can't thank you guys enough for. And I want to say one more thing about the dirt balls before we get into the show. A dirt ball, and I tweeted this out, sent my mom a birthday card. I saw that. I have to read the card. It says, Happy birthday, Joanne. Have a great birthday. Also, thank you for making Andy. He is a great podcast host and comedian. Love the Dirtball fam. <laughs> Unsigned. Unsigned. Uh, very mixed reaction within the Ruther household. A lot of, you got the creepiest fans ever, how they know mom and dad's address. And I'm like, they camped yeah. out in mom and dad's backyard. Like, a card is way tamer than he who shall not be named showing up and camping out in the front yard. Yeah. But you got to love the dirt balls. I mean, it doesn't bother me. I love it. And uh, my mom was we, like, we, we do have a breaking dirt ball scandal 
that I've been I've been waiting to talk about on the show. Let's hear it. So I was in Seattle. Obviously got my rental car from number one rental car dirtball CT. Uh, met up with CT. He actually got he got four tickets to the uh, to the Mariners games for uh, me and him and our our significant others. And we all went to the Mariners game and it was fantastic. And we ate crickets and we drank beers and it was a great day all around. And then a few beers into the game, CT just drops a fucking a nuclear bomb on the situation. He says, love, you know, love dirty sports, love supporting, love everything you do. Just FYI, though, Top Gun is overrated. Oh, wow. I was like, wow. You know what? I was like, I never actually made you my number one dirt ball. And now I'm not sure that that was the wrong call. I was like, he who he who shall not be named, joined the armed forces. You're coming with Top Gun is overrated? I, I, felt, I felt like I had been, the, the booby trap had been set for me. Mid-baseball he, he, lured, he lured me in for ticket with tickets and rental cars and all this stuff all these years, and then boom, stabs me in the back. So he does this mid-baseball game. He, he drops this nugget that he's he, been holding he, on to. Po- post-baseball Okay. Game. Post baseball game beers, or maybe it was during the game. Yeah, one way or the other. Now I have he to ask it multiple, multiple times. Did he divulge why he thinks Top Gun is overrated? Because there has to be an explanation behind such a such a blasphemous statement. Yeah, he. I mean, he just said he just said it's not that good a movie, and I was like, wow, I don't. And he's like, and I like Tom Cruise. I just think Top Gun is overrated. And I was like, let's be honest. When was the last time you watched Top Gun? He's like, probably ten years ago. And I was like, just stop saying it until you watch it again. I was like, you, you know, you obviously didn't come with the right perspective. I'll tell you what, that is a statement I can honestly say I've never heard. I've never heard a sentence that has said Top Gun is overrated. I've never heard that. Yeah, because I think honestly, it's criminally underrated. Yeah, I, I mean, think, I think I, I think as far as people go, underrated. But wow, yeah, it was a lot to handle. Well, we 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 know who's not going to see the remake, or, or I'm I'm sorry, the the second one, the sequel, whatever they're calling it, the new Top yeah. Gun, uh, which I know you're keeping tabs on. Did you see uh, Miles Teller is going to be Goose's son? Wow. Yeah, that was the news last week. Okay, that's interesting. And 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 I had told you, which is funny, I had actually matched with his sister on Bumble and uh, Miles Teller's sister. I had matched with Miles Teller's sister last year on Bumble and what had happened was, you know, to the point where she we exchanged numbers, we were going to hang out. I texted her one Friday. I, I by the way, I pieced it together. She she was she was like blocking her brother in the pictures, like blurring his face out. And then I, I did a little research and I'm like, "Oh, cuz she kind of looked like him too." I go, "Oh, that's Miles Teller's sister I matched with." And then it was all fine and dandy and she was getting a massage. And literally the text slash whatever just completely ended when I wrote a happy ending joke afterwards. Wow. Yeah. So it's for classic, the better. Classic Ruther move. But it's for the better. If she can't handle an innocent happy ending joke, yeah, that's not, that's not the type of girl for me. That's interesting. So Miles Teller will be the son of Goose and hot young Meg Ryan. That's true. That's a good point. I wonder if Meg Ryan comes back. What happened to Meg Ryan? Uh, I mean, she got old and then like the worst. <laughs> she got old. No, 
the worst, the, but the worst thing, the worst thing for a hot actress is like they can't accept they're getting old, so they fuck with their face, and then all of a sudden it, they turn into a fucking Picasso painting. Oh, I forgot. Just like, just like be old. It's okay. You like can... think about, think about the Blythe Danner in Meet the Meet the Parents. Never fuck with her face. Just like a nice old lady. Like just looks like I would fuck Blythe Danner. Yeah, or look at, and I don't know if she's had work. It doesn't look like she has. She looks great. Look at Robin Wright. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. Like she looks. And, and honestly, and honestly, you can never say who did, who didn't. But it, the the point is, is like just be subtle. Like at the very least, just be subtle with it. Yeah. Like when you tr- when you try to go like, oh, I was known for having like big hot lips. Like now I got to keep pumping my lips up. Like have you seen uh, have you seen Nikki Cox recently? Dude, it's like it's like an alien. Nikki Cox looks like a character that you get painted at, at the carnival. <laughs> yeah, Jay Moore, they're divorced now, right? Yeah, and what's funny is Jay used to just spend like, like hours fighting, battling trolls on Twitter about like she never had any work done. Well, if she never had any work done, then you guys are living over a super fun site because some sort of toxic shit is in your water. Yeah, because you're right. That's the best analogy of looking like a caricature from a uh, from a carnival. All right, so we have lots of sports stuff going on. Lots of M- dude. Who cares? We got to talk more about Meg Ryan. The NBA offseason, Prano. It's. I mean, the NBA offseason. You know, it used to be a joke. The NBA offseason is more exciting than the NBA regular season, but it's actually true now. Like for the last four years, it's been Cavs Warriors. We we've, we've sort of always known where it was going to end up. The NBA offseason, you never know what's going to happen. Well, first of all, you and I have not done a show. I, I know it feels, dude, it feels like it's it's been forever, but we haven't recorded because Thursday's episode, we had to pre record because we were both leaving town. We haven't even discussed on this show, now you did on Dirty Slides, DeMarcus Cousins joining the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, and we barely touched it on Dirty Slides, and, and it's been a lot to process, but it's just ridiculous. It's and not only is you know what you know what the thing is, I I totally understand the like I want to play on a championship team like I don't I don't really understand the like the I want a ring idea that that really has never sat well with me. It's like you want a ring, but you just want to take the easiest way to get it. But I I do understand like hey I want to play with like a great team. I want to play with a competitive team. I want to play with a team that's going to compete for a championship. But like. The Warriors are not that they're not in that class. They're in like sure thing, definitely gonna win unless something goes drastically wrong. And then your Boogie Cousins, and then you know you're you know it's a bullshit decision when he's out there with like oh we got a helicopter coming by, of course. When he's out there with like fake Oh, no one offered me a contract. Like I was completely unwanted. I took the only I took the only contract that anybody was going to give me. It's like that is complete and utter horseshit. I didn't see that. That's what he's claiming right now. Yeah, he's claiming he didn't get any calls, and so that's why they called. That's why they called fucking Bob Myers or whatever from the Warriors. Well, I did see the Lakers were not going to pursue like a long term deal with him. That, that they were not going to go that route. I did see that, but I guess my question to you is, and I was thinking about this. How are we going to look back on these things in history? Because right now we're we're still stuck in the age, Joe, of all we're doing is ring counting. Because at least on online, all all the idiots want to do is they want to ring count, 
ring count LeBron and Michael Jordan and whoever. That's all they want to do is ring count. So it's almost like these guys are seeing that well. Everyone's just ring counting. Are we going to look back in 20 years from now and say, well, Kevin Durant has three or four rings, but he also joined a 73-win team? Or Boogie Cousins joined a team that had just won three out of four titles. Like, Are we going to look back at that or are we just going to ring count? Well, you know, it's like you say we – it's like there's always going to be morons, you know what I mean? Sure. There's always, there's always going to be people there who are like, well, Kobe's got five, so. And it's like nobody with a brain thinks Kobe Bryant is better than LeBron James except for people who are fucking stupid ring counters. The only, Like, look, if you are out there and you're going like, LeBron is the seventh best of all time because he lost finals. It's like you don't, you don't, you just don't understand. You probably don't watch. You are not you, – you've never played the game of basketball. You don't understand how it works. I am obviously the kind of person who is in a – LeBron is heads and shoulders above above the rest of NBA history in just what he's been able to do. And the rings are just uh, on top of that. You know, if, if he was a guy who never won, that's a whole different story. You never won a single ring. You never found a way at all. Like – I don't even hold that shit against like the Barclays and the Ewings. Like, you, you know, you talk about the cross sports. I certainly don't hold it against like the Mike Trouts. Are there, you know, are there cases like Dan Marino where you're like, well, you know what? He certainly had a lot of opportunities and he did. And, you know, his playoff stats um, don't, you know, don't live up to it. That's a different thing. But like when you look at back on it in history, like, you, you have to be an idiot to say, oh, yeah, well, that's it. Kevin Durant now, you know, Kevin Durant next year, he'll have four. And LeBron James will only have three. And so he's better than LeBron James. It's like, oh, Andre Iguodala will have four. Steph will have four. Clay will have four. You know, like all, all these guys that are just like also Rams. Yeah. No, I agree. It's it's just it's just a bizarre age. In fact, like, no, no, no one thinks Draymond Green's a better like power forward than – you know, Charles Barkley, right? I don't know. I mean, I don't. You don't. Idiots. That's my point. So when you say, like, wheel ring count, it's like the, you know, on a case-by-case basis, like what how people rank is one thing. And then, like, what the internet as a whole says sure. is totally different because you have to remember the majority of the internet is people hiding behind a meme. Yeah, it's true. It's a good point. Twitter's doing a massive purge, by the way. Did you see that? What say that again? Twitter's doing a massive purge. Great. Like they're just eliminating accounts. I saw another another article about it just by the day. The sort of bot type uh accounts and hopefully, you know, there's dude, it'd be fun. What if what if Twitter did something? What if they said like how Facebook? Because Facebook, don't you have to what's the deal with Facebook? You have to have your real name to get an account, right? Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly, but there's certainly there's certainly a more of a, you know you're, you're supposed to be a person with a a face and a birthday and whatever. Sure. But like, I mean, we'll, we'll, look, you know, everybody everybody in this conversation has been you know we've we've uh, been rewarded for having fake Twitter accounts and whatever, but it's just. It's like there, it's almost like there should be different brackets. There should be like something you're doing where it's like promotional and funny and like whatever versus like I'm actually trying to be 
a person online, but that person is a fake toilet paper roll that is just telling people who have a political opinion that they're, you know, communists. Yeah. It's, 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 it's wild, man. Well, let's get through a bunch of the, the latest news that has happened in the last week. Obviously, we just covered DeMarcus Cousins. So Devin Booker has signed a $158 million max deal for five seasons with the Suns. Now, obviously, we know Devin Booker can score, but I, I, did some, I was reading the Deadspin article on him. Devin Booker, apparently, his defense is pretty atrocious, like awful. In fact, the team actually has played worse with him on the court. I know that sounds wild considering how well he can score. I mean, is that just a move they have to make as a franchise? Even though they won 21 games last year, I believe, I could be wrong on this, I don't think they've ever won more than 25 games in the three seasons he's been with the team. Like, I, it's, it's a multi-layered question, but first of all, who plays fucking defense anymore, Okay. James Harden doesn't play defense. He just got the MVP. Wait a second. I remember just a few a few months ago, I said that, and then you and you and Laz got all down my throat when I was saying nobody because, plays defense. Because, because because on like a grand scheme, like there are still team defenses being played. But I'm talking about like when you when we're saying the star 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 players, like we're not like a, a defensive strategy. Everybody goes, oh, Mike D'Antoni's teams don't play defense. Like look at the Rockets last year. Like on the grand scheme of things, they were really, 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 really good defensively. That doesn't mean James Harden plays defense. Steph Curry you know plays. I mean? Steph Curry plays defense, and he also scores. Does he? You're saying he Does doesn't? He, I mean, he plays. He plays like okay defense. Like he gets a lot of steals. I mean, did, is anybody like, oh, watch out when you go to Golden State? Steph Curry's gonna lock you up. Like uh, that's that's exactly my point. Steph Curry plays defense because he's in a Warriors defensive system, and they play defense as a whole, and they have defensive strategies. But if swap Devin Booker and Steph Curry, is Steph Curry locking guys down on the Phoenix Suns? Come on. All right. So you like the move? I mean, look, we're both well, gonna, we're I, both no, going to no, agree I, that they're I, overpaid. Dude, These guys are overpaid, but that's the market. The market has been set at that level. Yeah. Well. He's making, you know, he's making five times what Boogie Cousins is making. So, you know, put that into perspective. But I do like the move. How old is he? Twenty? Fucking twenty-three? Like he's some he's some ridiculously young age. He scored seventy points in the NBA. Like he's certainly a guy. If you're building a team, which Phoenix obviously is, they've got they had the number one pick this year. They got like I actually don't hate Phoenix's future. I don't either. Are they, are they going to regret giving him that much money? Maybe, but like at the same time, it's like value is so hard to calculate now in the NBA. It's like LeBron James should be getting a billion dollars. And so therefore is 158 million for Devin Booker, like overpaid, underpaid, probably just about right. It's like by, by his age and his scoring ability, he's a max player. So I, I think they absolutely have to make that move. I agree. They have to make a move, but we, we, I think we both, like we said, agree that just the market has been set too high. And when we say that the same thing with NFL, with the quarterbacks, and that same thing happened to uh, Zach Levine with the Bulls, he just got four years, $78 million. So he's making almost see, $20 million. To me, that's, that's too much. See, that's to me, is a completely different... Uh, that's a completely different like contract discussion. Like Devin Booker, super young, hasn't been, hasn't had a massive injury. 
is on a team that's just straight up terrible. So all of those stats, then all of Devin Booker's stats from not just his scoring totals, like his are his scoring totals too high because the Suns suck. Are his scoring totals too low because they can just double team Devin Booker? Are his scoring totals too high because teams go great? Let Devin Booker get seventy. We're still going to beat him by hundred. Uh, are his defensive metrics like you can't you can't judge anybody? like Devin Booker statistically, you have to judge him solely on the eye test because his team doesn't give you the ability. Zach Levine has been on the wolves has been on the bulls has been hurt. And honestly, I think what happened is he was a restricted free agent and another team went out and made them spend money. They offered him. Was it the Kings who offered him 78 million? Yeah, the Kings did, and the Bulls matched. And then, and then the Bulls matched it. Yeah, that's a game of ch- that's a game of chicken right there. That's a, that's when you know that the Bulls are probably paying this guy. So you make a fucking you make an offer, and then they match it, and now the Bulls are stuck paying him seventy eight million dollars. I don't like that deal for them nearly as much, but they are terrible too. You know, so it's not like they're turning it around anytime soon. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Um. Okay. Any other big ones? Oh, yeah. We got to talk about Tony Parker. Tony Parker leaving. Now, to me, this, this is this is big. This is like the end of the dynasty. You know, I mean, I mean, I don't want to say dynasty because it's been over. But you know what I mean? It's it's the end of the Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, Tim Duncan, that era of the Spurs. And when I saw the news... You know, we all see it, Prano. We, we see the Patrick Ewing going to the Sonics and the Magic, and you, you forget how some of these guys ended their careers. But it's still, and I get it, they're getting paid. It just, it makes me cringe the thought of, even though he's old and, you know, he's on his last legs, the thought of Tony Parker in a Charlotte Hornets jersey. Ugh, I just, ugh. I, again, I get it, but I don't like it. Yeah, I, look, the, the Spurs are straight up dismantling, and the... Parker in a Hornets jersey is certainly weird. I I think, you know, that's a relatively smart move if you're the Hornets because your thought is this guy can mentor young players. And, like, I, I don't necessarily think it's as much a move like, oh, Tony Parker, now we have, like, one of the better point guards in the East. We're making the fucking playoffs. It's, uh, you know, uh, as far as, like, late career mentor roles go, Having a having a point guard, having a leader on the floor uh, that can that can help change the culture of your franchise is is not a bad move to make. But the bigger question is like, where does this leave the Spurs? Like, actually, long term, because they're they've lost, you know, Duncan. They're gonna lose Ginobili soon. They're they've lost Parker. Kawhi is leaving. Is Popovich going with like we're gonna lose all the games, get the number one overall pick. I'm gonna put together like a roster for the future, and then I'm gonna dip out. Or is he gonna see this rebuild through? Is he just like like he's like is the conversation with the owners like, hey guys, your best move is to be spend as least money as possible and just be be in financial position for a rebuild. And you're kind of you guys are on your own after that. Is Pop sticking around as the GM and not the coach? Like, I just don't, I don't know what the future of the Spurs is. Well, I don't think anybody does, and I think obviously the Kawhi, we all know, is the 
is the focal point of their future. But because you gotta you gotta remember you gotta remember the Spurs quote unquote dynasty, it started with a lottery pick. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. started with Tim Duncan. With, yeah, it started with David Robinson gets hurt, misses the whole season. Therefore, they basically tank. They're like one of the original tankers. They get the number one overall pick. Dun- uh, Robinson comes back. Rookie Duncan with Tim Robinson, Twin Towers, title team. And and then they're off and running. Yeah, true. That's basically what happened. I know people like, do people as, do forget as, that. As far as like a re- I, like I, I almost trust Pop in like this rebuild situation more than I trust anyone. That's probably why it's taking him so long to move Kawhi. He's getting the best deal for them long term, and he he's probably like I don't want fucking I want only young cheap guys back. Yeah, I think I think the only option for the Spurs is tank mode right now, especially with the West being so competitive. They go into tank mode, like you said, stockpile through the draft. Also, we all know his history, Pop's history of drafting guys you don't think are going to be what he, you know, what he's turned them into. The Ginobili's, the Parkers, the late first round or second round type of guys that he can turn into something good. So it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be Popovich goes. Popovich dials back to just being the GM. They make Becky Hammond the coach. Pops pulling the strings, Pat Riley style. But he's not technically the GM right now. He's not. He's not. Like, I looked this up because I was curious a few weeks ago. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Everything I looked up on Wikipedia, he hasn't technically, again, I use the term technically because we all know he's involved. But his official title, he's not officially the general manager of the Spurs right now. Again, but he basically is. Exactly. It's like, that's, that's it's why like I'm saying Bill that. Bel- it's like saying Bill, Bill Belichick's not the GM of the Pats. Yeah, exactly. He, he's obviously making personnel decisions. Yeah. I, I like the rebuild. I really do. I, I think that's that's the route you have to go with them. What I really think that the Spurs should do if they really want to you know, have a chance to compete next year is they got to sign your boy Melo, who's currently unemployed. Ugh, Gross. What what about this though? It it has gotten interesting now that Carmelo is unemployed. Like who who's gonna pick him up? Can he be a guy who who gets some points off the bench? Will Melo would he accept that role? Like I I mean he said he said last year that he wouldn't accept that role. If it seems like if he would have accepted that role, then if then he would have a realistic idea of who he was and say hey. Like Paul George is coming back. Let me renegotiate my deal. Let me stretch my deal. Let me do whatever and extend my career. You got to remember, if you're Carmelo Anthony, yeah, you got 27 million this year for from the Thunder. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't have done that, but it, you've got to think about value. 27 million is five and a half over five years. So if you can manage to get five and a half million over the next five years, you'll end up in the long term making more money than $27 million. If, if he insists on being Carmelo Anthony, that could be the last money he ever gets. Yeah. I really don't want him to come to LA. I mean, of course people are chirping that. People are chirping that because it's like, oh, if anybody can make Melo like an off-the-ball guy, it's LeBron. And it's like, I've heard this fucking before. If anything, if, if, if anything's going to change Melo, it's this. If anything's going to change Melo, it's playing in the triangle. If anything's going to change Melo, it's blah, 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 blah. It's like 
Oh, Olympic Mello. What about have you seen what Mello does on the Olympic team? You know who runs the offense of the Olympic team? Mike D'Antoni. You know who ran the Knicks offense? Mike D'Antoni. You know who got run out of town by Carmelo Anthony? Mike D'Antoni. You know who was the fucking coach of the year? Mike D'Antoni. You know who just got fucking cut from a team? Carmelo Anthony. Like, it's, you know, I don't know how many times people are going to do this. That's why I'm like, I hope he doesn't go to the Rockets. How how this conversation is that he might end up on the Rockets. Like, what might what is that backdoor conversations, the backroom conversations with Carmelo and Mike D'Antoni looking like right now? He's going, oh, if we sign you, you have to be my fucking bitch, bro. Like, what is Mike D'Antoni saying to him that makes him comfortable having this guy on the roster? Like, is there some sort of, like, actual contractual obligation where if they have an argument, like, Mike D'Antoni wins? I don't know, but the fact that OKC didn't want to pay him shows a lot. It really does. Where he's at in his career. $27 million is stupid. It's a lot of money. You know what? Here's what Melo needs to do. He, He needs to, like you said, he might not be getting paid any more money. He needs to assess his situation, and he needs to hop on SeatGeek because that is a way that Carmelo Anthony can save money, Joe Prano, because if Carmelo Anthony uses our promo code DIRTY, he will get $20 off his first SeatGeek purchase, and I'm sure you just went to see the Mariners play. I'm sure CT, because those are great dirt balls all up there, of course CT is... Minus the whole Top Gun thing. I'm sure he used SeatGeek and dropped promo code DIRTY to see that game. I'm sure he did as well. And we got fantastic seats. We were, we were right on the 200 level. There was all kinds of nice bars, no lines. It was fantastic. So you guys should make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket. From sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Literally any sort of live event. SeatGeek has tickets available. You get the most bang for your buck because SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you identify the best seats that fit your budget. So Dirtballs, like I just said, all of you guys get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Simply download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Okay, we're talking money. We're talking salaries in the NBA. Before we move on to the Kyrie thing, which I really think is is even more fascinating the more you learn about this guy, I want to talk about the WNBA women who have lost their damn mind and, yeah, and, have, and have never taken... We're moving into the fucking idiots portion of our show. Yeah, th- this... You know what? Somebody had DM'd me. I said this about Troller Moron. Uh, I'm just going to say this is a troll or moron segment, but I'm just going to say they're all morons. They're not trolls. Uh, the, these are people who literally do not understand. I should bring my dad in. My, da- my dad's degree is in economics. He's on, the, he's on the patio right now. I should maybe bring Walt in and maybe he can record something and send it to these WNBA players who do not understand basic economics, Joe. Well, there's a reason that the WNBA players don't understand basic economics is for going on 25 years now, 20 years, however long it's been, the NBA, WNBA is around. I think they just passed their 20th anniversary, if I remember correctly. You're right. Uh, it, this, it came in 96. Yeah, this has, been a, this has been a league that doesn't make money for a long, long time, has started sort of, you know, quote unquote, making money in the last few years. And that money is minimal, minimal. We were talking a twenty-five million dollar like league. That's not even worth the money when you think about it. Like uh, there are there are 
there are single Avengers movies that make like infinite more money than an entire basketball league. You guys don't make money. And we, and we just talked about it. With, oh, all these guys are overpaid. Uh, Devin Booker is overpaid. This guy's mellow. How's it? 27. It's like the reason that all those guys are quote unquote overpaid is because the NBA is making so much money that they can't not pay these guys that much without it being like the NFL where you're like, Oh God, you're making so much money and you're only paying them this much. That's basically slavery. And, and the, it, like in a way you could argue that some of those players are underpaid because of how much money the NBA makes WNBA players are already overpaid. They're already overpaid. Why do you say they're overpaid? Because the league doesn't make money. Well, the league. Well, well these are the stats. These are the the actual stats. Like Joe said, that's correct. The league made twenty five million in revenue the last year, compared to the NBA, that, which made four but do the billion. Math on that, Andy. Do the math on that. 20, do the fucking math. How many teams are there in the WNBA? Maybe, maybe twelve. There's not that many. Okay, so each team is making two million dollars. Yeah, it's not. That's nothing for a professional sports franchise. I mean, that's nothing. That's ridiculous. Well, that's ridiculous. And then, and then, do the math on that. Say every team has let's 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 go with a absurd number. Every team has fifty thousand fans. Okay, that's every fan over the course of a season spending a hundred dollars total on a. On, in the WNBA, like that's crazy. I, dude, to me, this is this is, and I'm gonna read some of the tweets from the WNBA players. And by the way, and by the way, before we even go that, that's probably all of those numbers are probably inflated. There's probably not that many fans of each team. They're probably not spending that much money. I'm sure a lot of the revenue of the WNBA is on like, oh, we're you know our. The whole league is sponsored by fucking Chick-fil-A or whatever. It's I would guarantee that the majority of the actual money that puts them in the, in the green comes from corporate sponsorships. That is essentially a partnership with the NBA. You're like, hey, we'll give you a fucking – we'll give you a deal. Like the WNBA, and I don't say this in a way that's like trashing. It would be the equivalent of saying like, hey, give us – $500 an ad read for dirty sports and we'll throw in dent report. Do you know what I mean? It's you're it's right. Like, it's true. You're, you're, you're just saying, and, and then they're probably taking, like I would bet that $25 million is bullshit. So when you're not making money, when you're not making any money, but you're, but you're making a salary, you are overpaid. Well, there's multiple issues here and people want to bring in gender and, and, and I'm going to bring in like the socio-political side of this. This is what's going on in our country. This guys look up the facts. I'm just going to say this right now. And I know this isn't like, you know, like a dent report where, where this would be something where we delve into this, but we should delve into it right now. Prano, Cause we agree the, the gender pay gap is bullshit. That is a statistical fact. When people want to say, oh, you, the women make 76 cents to the man's dollar, that is just factually not true. Because when they factor that stat into play, they're factoring in all salaries. They're not, they're not, they don't want you to know that, well, 
An overwhelming majority of teachers are females, which pays less. An overwhelming majority of engineers, which pays more, is male. There's many factors at play. So people just, they hear these trigger things. They don't do zero any, zero research, just like these women. The, these tweets to me made me cringe. They made me cringe because there, there's no, this whole, this whole... I don't even want. I don't know how to word it. Like like this propaganda that there's this massive pay gap. It's not true. Go look at any field. The people who earn the money get paid the most. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. And and, and just like and just like in the WNBA, there there are male driven industries that make stupid amounts of money, and of course are male. Like those are those are filled with males that are doing all the work, and just like the same thing, there's female-driven industries, and some of those female-driven industries are massive, and they make a ton of money too. But then there's a lot where it's like you're the WNBA, you 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 literally shouldn't exist. You shouldn't exist. The only answer here is that you're. This is all a charity event. It's all a charity event. It would like it would it was. It's the exact equivalent of saying there's an MNBA midget NBA. And we're going to subsidize the whole league, and it's going to be four midgets by midgets, but the NBA is picking up the whole tab and then saying not enough – the midgets aren't getting paid the same uh, amount of money per inch as the NBA players. It's like, guys, this you're not – you're a fucking sideshow. I don't watch the WNBA, and I don't have to. I understand, just like you, basic economics. That's what this and comes down what? to. Here, here's the most important – this is the most important thing about this whole argument. There is no rule that says women can't play in the NBA. Exactly. You just can't make the NBA. There's no. You want that? You you want 158 million dollars? Be better than Devin Booker. The end. End of story. The end. That's it. Now there is there is a rule that fucking men can't play in the WNBA. Because, God forbid, the guys who are playing in fucking Europe for less money come over here and dominate women. Well, let me read some of these tweets. Let me read some of these just moron tweets. You're all morons. Again, you know nothing about economics. We'll start with Kayla McBride. I don't Wait, want... I want... I want the ats. At KMAC underscore... Two one two three. Well, there's your first mistake. You're not bright enough to get a better Twitter profile at kmac underscore two one two three. She says, "I don't want to hear anything or anyone who doesn't walk in my shoes every day talking about salary in the WNBA." I love the walk in my shoes. Get the fuck out of here. We deserve. Who is she? Uh, she's a player. I don't even know who she plays for. She plays for the Las Vegas Aces. She says, "We deserve more." Period. If you don't like it or watch it or whatever, stay in your lane, homie, because you're not out here hooping every night like I am. Hey, hey, Kayla, I guarantee you'd beat me in a game of basketball. I'm not hooping like you. You'd probably crush me. You're a better basketball player than me. But again, I do know how basic economics works. And when no one is showing up to watch the Las Vegas Aces, you don't deserve more money. What part of that don't you understand? 
All right, let's move on to someone else. Well, Kayla fired off a ton of tweets. Let's fire it off to the one that I that I that got me looking at all this. Another Las Vegas aces forward. They should just call them the Las Vegas morons because they're a bunch of idiots. Asia Wilson writes, this is about LeBron. 154 million must be nice. We over here looking for a mill, but Lord, let me get back in my lane. Because they're well, they're mad because no WNBA player has ever made a million dollars a year, Brano. It it but it's it's so ridiculous. It's like you're like it truly is apples and oranges. There's no there's no like conversation about this isn't basketball to basketball, dude. You're, you're dude, oh, you're you're, yeah. you're, you're you're basically saying no juggler has ever made a million dollars a year. You're a fucking sideshow. This is not. You're comparing yourself to the NBA, a hundreds of billion dollar fucking industry. You're comparing. It's like it's like coming out here and being like a guy who shoots hoops on Venice Beach and being like, I've never made a dollar. It's like. No one's paying to watch you, bro. That's the thing. It's like the the quality of athlete. I mean, there are other sports where players are better at their sports than these women are at the NBA that don't make that money. Like I'm sitting out here watching fucking surfing. Professional surfers, like those guys, there's there's ridiculous athletes. They don't they have not figured out how to televise it so that people give a shit about it. The majority of the money that those guys make is from fucking selling board shorts to people who are fucking swimming in pools in Cincinnati. Why aren't they getting money from the actual World Surf League? Because they haven't figured out a way to televise nine hour long events that are based solely on the weather. You, until you have TV money, you have nothing. Exactly. And, and the WNBA, no Buddy watches you the W like this is the title of our episode fact we're not even having discussion after WNBA players are overpaid oh shots fired they w- are they are facts you facts. think I love that you're going with you think they're overpaid they are I, I can guarantee you the money it, it, you can do the math. Do the fucking math. Take uh, Devin Booker's salary and divide how much money the NBA makes by Devin Booker's salary. And then take the money K-Mac fucking one, two, three, four, seven, eight makes and divide that <laughs> by – and divide $25 million by that. $25 million? Um, I mean it's a joke. That's, and, and again, and let's, let's do – let's factor in again that 25 – that number $25 million is bullshit. That's a bullshit number. That's not real. Well, here we'll end with the last tweets that I say are the most ignorant. I mean, th- these these again are just comical. This is this is this is identity politics 101. That's what this is. This is the gender identity politics 101. Learn a goddamn thing about economics. This is from El- Elizabeth Cambridge at E Cambridge. It's E-C-A-M-B-A-G-E. These were her tweets uh, from last month. Here's a couple. Today I learnt. 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 Not learned. Today I learnt. L-E-A-R-N-T. Right. That's an interesting word. Today I learnt. No, bitch, you didn't learn anything because you don't even know how to use past tense of learn. Today I learnt. NBA refs make more than a WNBA player and the 12th man on a W 
and a, I'm sorry, and a 12th man on an NBA team makes more than in caps a whole WNBA team. So go be the 12th man on a W on an NBA team. Yeah. Then go she, do it. Then she follows it up, Prano. Her next tweet after that says it's it's quite frustrating. Yeah. Not not quite. You're you're a smart one, Elizabeth. And I know it's Twitter, and I'm not going to be a grammar Nazi because that can get annoying too. But you're a real like you're really showing your intelligence from tweet to tweet, from learnt to it's quiet, not quite. It's quiet, frustrating going to bed most nights, knowing that if I was born with a penis, I would be entitled to so much more in life. I was born with a penis. I I don't get. I actually have a better chance of being the WNBA than I do the NBA. Because again, I'm a I'm a fucking legal ruling away from being the eighth man, eighth woman on a WNBA team. I will never sniff the NBA, ever. It's not the fucking same. It's like it's honestly. It here's the equivalent. Here's the the, the here is the fucking because they're claiming same sport. You're basically saying NASCAR drivers make millions of dollars a year. And taxi drivers make fucking forty thousand. Yeah, of course they do. It's it's completely different worlds. It's completely different worlds. You're not making any money for Home Depot or fucking you know Texaco or whoever fucking sponsors these. You're a taxi cab. You make what you earn, and NASCAR drivers earn far more money for themselves and their sponsors and everybody than taxi drivers do that's that's the apples to apples equivalent that you're doing if you're a WNBA player we're both basketball players great they're both drivers well they're I, both drivers I think here's what the WNBA should do they should take their supposed 25 million league revenue that it generates every year and force every single one of their players coaches everybody in the team to take an economics class because again, I don't, I don't. It's like me. This is the equivalent to Prano. It's like me saying, "Well, I should get the same money as Angelina Jolie." No, she's an action star. She's a famous actress. She deserves the twenty million or whatever she's going to get a role. Like it's the because you see the same yeah. crap. You're, it, 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 it's it's literally the exact same equivalent of saying of you saying like dented podcast hosts make criminally less. Than full-brained podcast hosts. Joe Rogan makes three million dollars an episode, <laughs> and I only make two hundred dollars an episode on Dent Report. This is offensive to my also dented hosts. It's like no, no one gives a fuck. Joe Rogan's probably dented too, bro. He's a fucking UFC guy. The reason he makes that money is because that's what sponsors pay him, and he has it's, the listeners. It's fucking simple. It's so it's it's so simple. It literally hurts my brain. It dents my brain again talking about it. I, again, I'm going to say it one last time. W, this is a, this was a stupid thing for WNBA players to bring up. WNBA players are overpaid, and I hope it comes back to bite them in the ass. I hope that they completely and entirely shut down the WNBA. It's never made money. It never will make money. No one gives a shit. It's it's Title IX at its fucking absolute worst, and it's terrible. Where's the women's NFL? Where's the women's MLB? Why? The, the the NBA, the NBA is the only the, the 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 wokeness of the NBA deciding that they're just gonna lose money by propping you up as a league 
has has given you any ability to make money as a professional basketball player and you have the fucking audacity to call them out on it that is a joke it really is and and i think it's a good point as we wrap this up you're right the fact that it was founded in 96 and still nobody cares whereas if i look at a league like the mls you know we like to diss soccer a lot but look at the progression and how much how many fans the MLS how much that sports organization and league how much that has grown no no one cares literally no one cares and and I'll go one step further if anybody who listens or watches the WNBA or plays, you're more than welcome to come on Dirty Sports and we can have this rational discussion because Joe and I will annihilate you with facts because you're not going to bring any facts to the table except you have a penis. I don't. That's not a fact. The fact is, with or without a penis, you are allowed to play in the NBA. So go play. Go play. Go be the 12th man. You know who I think should join the WNBA? The way the, way, the more I hear about him is Kyrie Irving. Because he's a little, he's a little drama queen himself, huh? Yeah, that's really. That's why I said we're we're into the fucking idiot portion of the show. So, last week, towards the weekend, all this stuff leaked about Kyrie Irving, and I, and it's again, it only just adds to basically this this stigma, right, Joe, of him kind of being a little bitch. Yeah. Kyrie Irving thinks he's a lot more important to any basketball team than he is. He thinks he's a lot more talented than he is. I know Kyrie Irving is a very, 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 very talented and very special basketball player. But what did any team with you ever accomplish when you were the fucking lead guy? Nothing. Literally nothing. So if you guys didn't see this... The the only thing that the... The only thing... That Kyrie Irving has to show for his career is he led a team to be so bad that they were able to get the number one overall pick, which they were able to swing for Kevin Love and and in turn bring LeBron James back to Cleveland and therefore eventually get them a championship. Well, for people who missed it, it was revealed through a bunch of Cavs insiders and other people, Kyrie Irving not only obviously left and wanted to leave LeBron. Kyrie Irving did not want LeBron to come back to Cleveland the second time. That is a known fact now. Kyrie wanted no part of LeBron back in Cleveland. In fact, there's this great little story. This is really interesting, right? So this is when LeBron's with Miami. This is what the story says. LeBron said something to Kyrie on the court following the game when he was in Miami, something to the effect of, Keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. Again, he's saying this to Kyrie. You never know. I could be back here one day. Something like that. And Kyrie went into the locker room and basically said, we don't need that. What's he talking about? We don't need that guy. So Kyrie never really wanted him here. Dude, this is fascinating to think Kyrie said that because when Kyrie was on the Cavs, they never won more than 33 games. Without LeBron, I should say. Right. So Kyrie never wanted LeBron, ever. Yeah, he's an idiot. Makes it's, no- the only re- it's, it's the only reason he has a championship. He went to the Celtics. They make the fucking Eastern Conference Finals without him. Like, 
you know, we're, we're talking about Devin Booker and we're talking about, uh, you know, is Devin Booker worth it? Is Devin Booker like Kyrie Irving is Devin Booker. That's the exact same thing. He was a, he was a solo guy on the team. Shows his a lot, ton of ability to score. Shows, uh, shows a, an amazing ability not to play defense. Never wins a bunch of games. That's it. Like, the only reason that we're not talking about De- Devin Booker the same way we're talking about Kyrie Irving is because LeBron James returned to that team and they won a championship and Kyrie hit a big shot and in a tie game. And therefore, Kyrie is some some veteran that makes your fucking team great and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, the Celtics make the Eastern Conference Finals without him. Then he joins them. They make it without him again. Like, how much did he improve the Celtics last year? And, and again, I don't want to take anything away from Kyrie because Kyrie is, like you said, he's a very, very, very good player. And obviously— And, and, and incredibly injury-prone. And obviously Kyrie helped the Cavs. No one's taking that away. I'm not going to hear this bullshit that Kyrie won the Cavs championship because of his three. No, no, he was a part of it. He helped win it. LeBron, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, they all did. It's a team sport. Right. But, but, but they all were a part of it. But the guy who had the most points, rebounds, blocks, assists, and steals across both teams, he was the one who won it. Yeah. Let's just let's be very clear about that. Well, obviously, exactly. LeBron's the guy. Well, a few other things that came out of all this stuff that was leaked is things like this, things we already knew. It was confirmed. Kyrie, in 2017, did not talk to any of his teammates, which we had already talked about, between last year's Indiana and Toronto series, not even during practices. He went two whole series without talking to anybody on his team. The flat earth drama also really bothered Kyrie. He claims he didn't like that he was receiving attention now instead of more serious topics like political and social like LeBron. So, dude, it's just all this jealousy but about you're LeBron. But you're putting yourself out there as a fucking idiot. It's like, it, you know, it's that was that's the real-life equivalent of, like, NBA WNBA players should make the same as NBA players. It's like, bro, there's a ton of reasons why this isn't true. The earth just fucking straight up isn't flat. When you guys go fucking play ball in China and you're leaving from Cleveland, you go fucking east. When you're leaving from L.A., you go west. Like, this isn't fucking difficult. Like, the world is fucking around. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to read any more of it, but basically, guys, if you want to look into it, Google it. A lot of it comes back to there's just lots of jealousy with Kyrie and LeBron. And look, they made it work. They made it work well enough to win a title. So I'll, I'll give Kyrie that. I will give him that one little nugget there. He, he made it work on the court. And obviously this was all hidden. And it's leaked now. But at the end of the day, the thing I can't get over of all this stuff is that he didn't want LeBron to join him after he could never win the Cavs more than 33 games. It's mind-blowing. I just don't get these guys. It, it, it's It's almost like reverse Kevin Durant or DeMarcus Cousins. Like you didn't yeah. want you didn't want any help, bro. You just right. wanted you just wanted to win 35 games the rest of your life every year but, with the Cavs. But, but but that's that's the problem is they want that until it doesn't work. Then they demand a trade to somebody who's it's like all of these players, everybody always gives LeBron James shit. It's like, "Oh, you went to fucking this Miami team." It's like whatever. It's like LeBron James 
took a team that didn't win a single playoff series and was like, hey, they have, unlike the Cleveland Cavaliers, they have a, like a real leader, basketball leader in Pat Riley. I'm going to go to a team that has a real basketball mind at the head of it. And I know with me, the greatest basketball player in the sport, that we can win championships. So that's what I'm going to do. Him getting him getting Bosch and Wade and whatever to buy in, that's on them. That's on those guys saying like, yeah, I want to play with this greatest player ever. That's what those guys did. He's not saying, oh, I want to put together this. I want to put together that. No, he went to the Miami Heat and he took them from nothing to two-time NBA champs. And then he returned them to nothingness. The same thing that he did with the Cleveland Cavaliers. All these guys want to do is they want to be the superstar on a bad team. See Melo. And then when that doesn't work out, because that's not how fucking the NBA works, then they want to be like, whoa, whatever it takes to win a championship, guys. And, 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 and in the end, and in the end, to me, that's a way worse legacy. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Kevin Durant, DeMarcus Cousins, all of you guys, fucking even Steph Curry having a, uh, having a guy like Kevin Durant bitch his way onto the fucking Warriors. You're, it's all tainted. Well, I'm not going to go that far as Steph. I mean, look, Steph already won one. Then KD joins. Steph was drafted by them. To me, I, I think personally, I think that's different. Okay, but I but back to Kyrie real quick, Prano. I do, I do think this really sets the tone for Kyrie's future because, dude, I, you know, if you're Boston, if you're Danny Ainge, if you're uh, if you're Brad Stevens, like you said. Dude, they're 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 basically one bad game away, or, or you know, obviously the Cavs won it, but the Celtics didn't. I'm not taking anything away from the Cavs, but the Celtics didn't play their best game in Game Seven. And you, my point is, you're that close to making it back to the making it to the NBA Finals without Kyrie. And the, what has Kyrie Irving accomplished in the NBA that that Devin Booker hasn't accomplished? Serious question. What is Kyrie Irving as an NBA player that Devin Booker isn't? Well, I, obviously he won a title and he helped the Cavs. But win he won a title, right? But but again, he was Devin Booker on the Suns when he was on the Cavs until LeBron James showed up. So, what has he proven that he is capable of doing that Devin Booker hasn't? What is Kyrie Irving if you were to define him as an NBA player other than a great scorer? Well, I'm speechless because I, I would leave it a great score. Now, he was younger. He was Devin Booker's age those first few years with the Cavs. I guess we don't know. I guess we don't know until he joins your Knicks because apparently that's what he wants to do. Right, which I don't want him to do. That's where, that's, that's where like, as an NBA fan, I'm like, what is he bringing to the Knicks that, that we you, need? You don't think that's an upgrade? If Kyrie joins the Knicks, Joe, and obviously – let, let's say Przingis bounces back and is fully healthy. We all know what he can do when he's on the court. I mean, that's a big improvement for that team if you add Kyrie. I disagree. Really? I, 100%. Yeah, and here's why. So, obviously, all this is, you know, the, the Knicks' future right now is 100% based on does does Kristaps Przingis come back, right? And is Kristaps Przingis the Przingis that he had the ability to become? And does he keep growing as a player at the same rate he was growing before injury? Of course, that's a, a, that's a complete factor. But when you look at that team, 
first of all, have you seen? Did you see what Kevin Knox? Did you see Kevin Knox highlights from from summer league? It looks like the Knicks got uh, the steal of the draft. He's playing well. Yeah, I've, I've been seeing. I know him. it's I know it's early for that, but like I haven't seen multiple like like straight up deep takeoff two handed dunks from a guy like that in summer league in a long long time. Um, so add that. Add that they're add that they're young. Add that they should have money coming off with Ennis Cantor leaving after this extension that he this option that he picked up. All that. So you're now you're taking a young team with a a good coach and you're building a whole new culture and you're starting from the bottom and you're saying we have a player to build around. Let's go. Then you bring in a guy. You bring in somebody who is already on the record of not wanting to play with great players of not wanting to share the spotlight with great players. So we're now taking a young team that's being built around Christos Porzingis and bringing in somebody that demands that they are the first option, the lead guy, that they get all of the attention in New York City. When you talk about value and when you talk about what a player brings in terms of value, I will take a a player that is going to bring – 80% 80% of his scoring. Meanwhile, uh, uh, Kyrie Irving has never averaged 30 points a game in the NBA. So we're looking at, we're talking about a 22 point a game score. Give me a fucking 17 point a game scoring point guard that wants to pass the ball, that knows it's Kristaps Porzingis' team. I will take it all fucking day over Kyrie Irving. Because why? Now we're going to have some. Look at how much better. I mean, everybody saw my running. Uh, tally last year. Look at how much better the Knicks were. Simply, the only move they made was the removal of Carmelo Anthony. Before Chris Hasperzingis got hurt, they were trending as a fucking playoff team. Simply by removing Carmelo Anthony. Simply by removing a selfish, me first, I have to be the star, I have to have all the attention player. Later, we're yeah. better. So, when you talk about Kyrie Irving, if Kyrie Irving is just his skill set on the court, of course he improves the New York Knicks. But when you take flat earth truther, has to be the center of attention, throwing the greatest player in history under the bus, doesn't want to play with the, the best passer of all time, and you're adding him to a team that already has a star in the be- biggest market in the world, that's a, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Are you still at the beach? Yeah. It's getting kind of windy, fam. Sorry. Let it's me see if I can find a, a wall to go behind. It's, it's all good. Uh, okay. Well, well, I uh, actually, I see your point there, too. I'm not going to disagree. I, I think it'd be, you know, obviously a lot of things have to happen here. But uh, we, really, we really dug deep in the NBA and WNBA, Prano, so I think we gotta, we got to get to some baseball. But before we get to baseball, I got to ask, are you keeping – the mustache right now because I haven't seen you for a week. Are you looking fresh in the mustache? Well, you and our fine sponsors over there at Harry's Razors will be happy to learn that not only am I was I using the five blade technology to keep my mustache looking tight, but now I'm using it to keep myself looking completely clean shaven. The mustache came off yesterday. Ah, you're going with that clean shaven look. I also brought my amazing Harry's razor because you know i had to do a family photo so i had to look fresh for the family photo and i was very pleased because i couldn't pack my shaving cream but when i went into my dad's bathroom 
I saw not only Harry's razor blade, but also their amazing shaving gel. Guys, look, the whole Ruther family, the Prano family is on board. You guys got to hop on board too. Harry stands behind the quality of their blades, and they know that switching razors is not an easy choice, so they have created a trial offer. So claim yours by going to harrys.com forward slash dirty. Get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Listen to all these things that it comes with. That amazing weighted ergonomic handle. A five-blade razor that Joe was just talking about with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade. Rich leathering shave gel. A travel blade cover, which I also packed for my trip. Love that little travel blade cover to cover up the blade so it doesn't, you know, nick anything in your little dop kit. All of this amazing stuff you guys can get by redeeming your trial set at harrys.com forward slash dirty. So make sure you go to harrys.com forward slash dirty to redeem your offer and let them know that I sent you to help support the show. And again, I got some stuff arriving and I know I'm teasing it. We're going to have an amazing giveaway involving the dirt balls and some videos. They're sending us a ton of products this week. So uh, get on board with that now and stay tuned for future uh, deals that we have going on with Harry's. Again, harrys.com forward slash dirty. I miss the beach, Prano. Just hearing the waves. I'm I'm walking over now. I'm walking over by your place. I'm walking over to Muscle Beach. I'm gonna go up in the uh, go up in the stands and maybe get a little coverage from the wind here. Well, you know what? We should have. The funny thing is, what we should have done. We've done this in the past, but I think you gave Trevor my keys. Was just I know, dude. Trust me. I I regretted giving Trevor your keys yesterday because I wanted to go over and use your pool. Yeah. I mean, come on. You know what I'll do when I get back? I'll make another set of keys. Because actually the mayor has my keys right now because he borrowed my bike and something happened with the brakes and he's like, let me fix your bike. My, my key, Dude, who knows who's in my apartment at this point? Everybody, every, everybody's got keys at the Smut Studio. And, and we got we to gotta get those keys back from Trevor, especially since you fired him again. What are you talking about? I haven't heard Trevor on the show. I mean... When's the last time Trevor was on the show? Been a minute, but also do we, have, do we do we have we went from two interns to no interns? Well, also let's let's remember that you like you were traveling, so it's like, well, what, I mean, what are we doing? Like, it's just different when you're gone. It's just it's a one man team. And then I was traveling. I mean, what I'm you, just saying there, you know, there might be a little Kyrie Irving to Andy Ruther. He wants to show that he can do it on his own. He doesn't want to be a part of a team, and. You know, we'll see if that works out in the end. Oh, you're calling me Kyrie. <laughs> like, there can only be one king of the thust. I, I never said that, dude. I am, look, I am, the more thusters, the merrier. That's all I'm saying. I know, I'm just fucking with you. Actually, you actually wrote me a great uh, birthday card uh, before I left and complimented our, our thust work lately. I mean, it's been a one-two thust combo. Yeah. Can we start calling ourselves the Thust Brothers? <laughs> That'd be great. We just need a handshake like the Bash Brothers. Maybe get like a shirt, some sort of shirt made for us. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think we should do that. Maybe maybe I'll get a new design in my hair. Uh, there's been rumors that I might get DSPN, maybe my hair soon. You know, now that I'm over by the basketball court and we're talking about the interns, we got to get back out of the hoops. Oh, I agree, we gotta, man. We, we got to get uh, – hopefully uh, Tug Coker doesn't get gored by a bull in spain we need to get him out here for that three-on-two challenge honestly though i think i think we could beat you if tug does get gored by a bull 
Well, I'd like to get some WNBA players involved now, too. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I, I'd put my odds on them to beat me, but I also think guys like you and Tug that are taller, I don't know. Look, I'm not saying that you, you take WNBA players, but I think it'd be interesting to see you guarding a 5'5 five, five guard. That's all I'm saying. It. I mean, I've joked about it for a long time about you know, identifying as a woman because I could go into the WNBA and, and you're a hundred percent right. And that's the truth. That's the same thing. That's why I laugh at Trevor when Trevor's like, Oh, we're not scared. Is like, go, go follow EJ's Instagram sometime. The guy's like pulling himself up on ropes. Like he's in, he's like in really good shape. And Trevor is what? 26. Like he's in, maybe he's not in really good shape, but he's in 26 year old shape. Which is good. You're certainly in a lot better shape than me. You're out here shooting threes all the time and making, you know, 35 out of 100 or whatever. The bottom line is that's all cute, but how do you get that shot off against somebody who's six four? How do, uh, EJ could be quicker than me all he wants, but when he goes by, then what happens? I just block him from behind. It's like the physicality. That's why the NBA are the best athletes in the world because they're doing things of athletic prowess that guys in the NBA guys in the NFL and major league baseball and hockey and soccer are doing, but they're also just six, nine. That's why they're the best players in That's why they're the best athletes in the world. They're doing incredible athletic feats, but they're doing it at a bigger size than most people are able to like casually walk at. I think I've asked this before, but I'll ask it again. Let's take a, do we want to say the best or really good Los Angeles based men's high school basketball team varsity how do they compete against the la sparks let, oh, they beat them let, let, let's say we take the best local la team the best local yeah. men's varsity team they they win the high they school win. the high school team beats the la sparks absolutely like the like the number one ranked los angeles city high school men's basketball team definitely beats an nba team a wnba team definitely why can we make this happen? They won't do it. The reason they won't do it is because they know they would lose. I mean, we were talking. Remember when we were talking to Michael Costa about Serena? I mean, he, he was saying like the two hundredth best player in the world beats Serena Williams. It's like Serena Williams is the greatest female tennis player in history. Yeah, he well he well, he was. You're right. I forgot. Remember, Costa was saying he would go down to Florida and do tennis you know serious tennis camps and remember his story he said jennifer capriotti was a top five worldwide tennis player and costa was a university of illinois tennis player and he was going head to head with her yeah and 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 that's not considering that like your size like that like the the height ability doesn't even factor into tennis nearly as much as it does in basketball like uh the the best you know, L.A. high school team definitely has a guy on it who's six ten. Who who's guarding that person? This this is what it would be. It would be uh, it would be the best, like you said, L.A. city varsity basketball team against the Sparks. Winner gets whatever the Sparks team's salary would be that year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They earned it. They earned it. All right, baseball. The All Star Game roster has been announced. Brano. It was announced yesterday. You want to go through this? Sure. All right. So the National League starters are 
Wilson Contreras, Freddie Freeman, Javier Baez, <laughs> Ruther does baseball names, uh, Brandon Crawford, Nolan Arenado, Nick Markakis, Matt Kemp, <laughs> Mark, there we go, Markakis, and Bryce Harper. Yeah. Uh, I will do, the, I'll do the, you want to do the, I'll do the American League starters real quick. Wilson Ramos, Jose Abreu, Jose Altuve, Manny Machado, Jose Ramirez, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, J.D. Martinez. Again, you follow us way closer than I. Any big concerns? You know, uh, well, I'll say this. I know, you know, obviously the starters are voted on as opposed to the reserves um, reserves who are, you know, chosen by players, coaches, whatever it may be. Um, a lot of times that's where you have the biggest discrepancy in deserved versus not deserved. Um, and people saying, Oh, this guy got snubbed. That guy got snubbed. A lot of times, a lot of times the snubs are sort of borderline as opposed to some guy makes it as a starter that really has no business being a starter. You know, you look at like the Derek Jeters or like the late career Cal Ripkins or Ozzy Smith or guys, guys that are like that get into the twilight career and they're, they're making it based on their sort of name and not merit. I will say this about the, the two um, starting lineups, uh, pretty merit based uh, or a, about as good as, as you can get for the last, you know, 25, 30 years that I've been following baseball, like God, almost 40 years. Um, pretty, pretty solid. Not a lot of guys in there who you're like, Oh man, those guys just do not belong whatsoever. And they're starting over somebody, you know, uh, who, who does belong there. I'm sure the, the stat heads, baseball guys, which I am certainly not one of, um, could make some crazy argument about the war for this player versus that player. But, uh, I think all of those guys are pretty deserving uh, to be in the All Star game, and uh, I, I think it's two you know pretty solid starting lineups. Was there anybody on the reserves that you felt didn't make it? And and I'll say this: this is my quick take again for somebody who doesn't follow as closely as you. I'd say I was a little surprised that Joey Votto made it as a reserve because he's definitely not having his best year. And uh, he made it as a reserve with Paul Goldschmidt at first base. Yeah. I mean, you could say you could say that that's, you know, one of those moves where it's like, oh, maybe that's his name and not his merit. But, like, you also have to factor in, like, there, a, lot, a lot of it goes into it besides just, like, the stats of it. Like, Joey Votto, still, still certainly a top three first baseman in the NL, right? Yeah. Like, but based on everything. Uh, the dude from... The Brewers, Aguilar. Okay. Uh, he his I mean he has sixty three RBI. Uh, the like they they did a stat showing kind of the guys you know the the snubs or the people that are in for the last uh, obviously they they vote in that last spot or whatever which I always think is fucking stupid, um, but it's like oh this guy could get in with like a three eleven and forty three RBI but, but like. Aguilar's got 63. Like he, to me, he's far and away the biggest snub in, in both leagues, and it's kind of crazy that he's not in there. Yeah, I uh, I, I saw that. I was stoked because three re- three of my Reds to be a homer here. Three Reds made reserves: Vado, yeah. Scooter, Jeanette, and up. Uh, but the, but again, those guys deserved it. Scooter, Jeanette's leading. 
National League and, and average, and Eugenio Suarez, Eugenio, I should say, Eugenio Suarez, he's leading the National League in RBIs. So it's like, right. it's like I. By the way, I heard a great. Do we have another great Votto story? Courtesy of my boy Chad Cutter. I was over at Cutter's last night. Listen to this one. Dude, the Votto stories, it's almost it's like turning into folklore, like hearing these Votto stories. Did you see Yeah, he he he's almost become like the Bill Murray of Major League Baseball. I now think he just plays into it. Like, did you see and and by the way, I like Joey Votto a lot. And before you get to the story, I just want to say, did you see the him walking into the Cubs and the guy didn't know who he was video? Yeah, I tweeted it out on Dirty Sports actually. Seems a little fake. Seems a little staged. You, you thought, know what I mean? You thought that was staged? I, 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 not staged in that the guy that it's like, but why is he being filmed going in? Do you know what I mean? Like, why is that guy filming him? And then, oh, the guy doesn't know who he is. It's like, hey, I'm Joey Votto. I'm going to dress not as Joey Votto. And I'm going to just go in through a gate like of the like to me. It, 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 I don't it think it was staged. Here's here's why. I, I think Votto, dude, as good as Votto's been, obviously, this is now a sixth all star, won an MVP. Dude, he plays for the Reds. Such a small right. market. My point is, I, I don't mean it was staged like the guy actually knew who he was and, and they faked it. I'm saying, like, why is this even being filmed? It's almost like he's playing into this whole, like, watch this. This guy won't even know who I am thing. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying the, 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 the setup was staged, but I'm just saying, like, okay, we get it. You're, like, all these Joey Votto moments. Like, I just feel like he was like, oh, we, watch, we can get another Votto here. Well, Cutter told me that his bu- it's almost like it's, it, he's almost doing an Ashton Kutcher. He's like, "You got vadoed." <laughs> Cutter told me that, awesome. he told me this little story last night. His buddy was at a Whole Foods last year in the winter in Cincinnati, and it was like a, it was like later at night before they closed, and Vado was there. And he goes over to Vado, and he's like, "Dude, this was oh, this was after the MVP voting. I remember last year's. Remember how close it was, and Vado came in second. And he says to Votto, he's like, dude, you should have won, blah, blah, blah. And Votto, and Votto was really playing up. He's like, thanks, man. But Votto was really playing up. No, it's cool. I don't mind being number two. And he kept saying, I'm number two. And uh, he's like, no, man, it's cool. I'm just number two. I'm number two. It's all good. You can't all be number ones. I'm number two. So they end up, you know, whatever. They, oh, he ends up taking a picture with Votto. And, and, and Vado holds up the fingers and he goes, now you make everyone known, I'm not doing the peace sign. I'm showing that I'm number two. That's hilarious. Oh, but it gets even better. They reconnect at the checkout line. They're, they end up being in the same line. Cutter's buddy is ahead of, or, or no, Vado is ahead of Cutter's buddy. And he sees Cutter's buddy again. He goes, no, 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 no. This guy needs to go ahead of me because I'm number two. <laughs> And and he let Cutter's buddy hop ahead of him in the line with his groceries because he kept playing up that he was not the best, that he was number two. I, I know I said that the WNBA players are overpaid, has to be the title, but here's a second title in case we need it. Joey Votto is the Bill Murray of Major League Baseball. <laughs> like, I really feel like he's just like, he's now, he's now like, Doing things so people have a Joey Votto story. I mean, because that's a tw- exactly now we have Letterman, Seinfeld, now now random Cincinnati stories like like it- like you've you've heard all these stories like Bill Murray's always like joining karaoke parties, bartending, like he he does this thing where he tackles people and says no one will ever believe you. He destroys people's cell phones. He's got like he's got like five go to things. So everybody's like, oh dude, I got a fucking good Bill Murray story for you. Now I feel like Joey Votto's truly playing into like. 
everybody's going to get up, get bottled. I think I think you could be right. I actually I heard a great Bill Morris story. Did I tell it on the air? Exactly what you're saying that I knew somebody who knew somebody. This is how it always goes. That that was the thing that he tackled somebody. He full on straight up tackled somebody who had taken room service. Yeah, that, I told you that story. Oh, that was you who told me that. Yeah, yeah, it was my friend Tanitu. Wait, your friend was in Coming to America? What? <laughs> yeah. He's Tanito. His uh, his actual name is Tony, but he's his father's name is also Tony, and they were like Brazilian, so he was little Tony. He was Tanito. You were the one who and, told me uh, this story. Yeah, yeah. He got tackled bringing him room service at like a hotel in fucking Roanoke, Virginia, or something. And he 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 like brought him room service, and then and then Bill Murray was like, oh, he's like, I just wanted to bring it to you. I'm not even like the room service guy. I just wanted to tell you like. I, I think you're great. Like Groundhog Day, one of my favorite movies of all time. He's like, thanks, man. Thanks. And he like low key, like barely said anything back to him. And then when he was like walking back down the hallway, Bill Murray come. He just hears footsteps running behind him. And just as he's about to turn around to see what's happening, Bill Murray straight up full blown tackles him from behind and is laying on top of him and goes, no one will ever believe you. And then runs back into his room and slams the door. <laughs> <laughs> What if what if Bill Murray and Joey Votto teamed up to do like a troll tour? Because in a way they're trolling people, they're messing with people. Yeah, is Bill Murray a Cincinnati guy? No, no, no. obviously he's a Cubs guy. He's no, a guy. yeah, he's a, Chica- I, he's a I, Chicago I, guy. I, I, yeah, yeah, obviously. I don't know why I even said it, but I, but he the whole Xavier thing had me thrown for a second. Yeah, yeah, because of his kid. But R, but remember, R.I.P. That now too. Now he's a Louisville guy. Yeah, hilarious. Remember that's why I'm so bitter about Xavier's coach leaving. Because we also lost Bill Murray. Way, way, way bigger loss. <laughs> well, the All-Star game, is th- is it this week, Prano? The All-Star it- game is, uh, is it yeah, next week? It's coming up next Tuesday. It's, it's tomorrow? No, I believe a week from Tuesday. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, they don't announce the, the starters like a, a day before. Oh, by the way, you're going to the All-Star game. Yeah, who's the who's the guy? We were talking about snubs real quick. They were saying who was the guy? Who's the pitcher for the Rays? They were saying he was a big snub. Oh yeah, fuck! I'm totally blanking on that dude's name now, but I I know who you're talking about. Yeah, look, it's tough. There's only so many spots you got. You give the starters away. You you know, people make it based on their name. It's like it's tough. You're on their fucking Rays. You know what I mean? But and. and I'm not saying that that guy didn't deserve to make it. God, why am I fucking blanking on his name? And he absolutely deserves to make it. But I got to give a little credit this year. Like, I feel like Major League Baseball, like, got it, you know, as close to right as they've gotten in a long time. I'm going to look it up because now we have to know. Blake Snell? Yes, yes. He's He leads the AL in a 2.09 ERA, and he's 12-4 and four on, on a terrible team with 132 strikeouts and 116 innings. Yeah, no, he's had an incredible season. He absolutely deserves to be there. It's it's the equivalent of, you know, Degrom not making it in the NL. Yeah, even though Degrom's even though Degrom's five and four. Yeah, because what a fucking joke that is. Well, let's we have to. We're, we're talking about great Bill Murray stories and and Joey Votto. I want to wrap it up with a I know your boy Hunter S. Thompson story. Yeah, this was another little gem story that came out last week. Apparently. Hunter S. Thompson told Colts owner Jim Ursay to draft Ryan Leaf over Peyton Manning. In fact, Ryan Leaf 
has a letter that he received, which he tweeted out about. Yeah. So, so Hunter S. Thompson, known back in the day for writing letters, known for sending like crazy faxes all the time. He was always faxing something from his home. Also, uh, known for being really good friends with Jim Mersey. They were they were boys, and um, you know, there's a lot to this. You can read the letter, and then we'll we'll kind of I'll kind of break it down for you as. Honestly, the world's foremost Hunter S. Thompson connoisseur. You love Hunter S. Thompson. In fact, Jim Irsay loaned $30 million to Hunter S. Thompson. Correct? Uh, I, I, I think it was the other – I think he was – I think the letter is claiming it was the other way around. But that could be – like one thing to remember about Hunter S. Thompson, a lot of bullshit. Like a lot of like wild claims that were or were not true. He like read the letter because the claim is like something like I'm gonna lend you money. I'm about to be flush with it after I make the the Johnny Depp movie. Ah, that's right. Okay, so this this came out. This letter is uh, dated March 14th, 1998. And this is what Hunter S. Thompson writes to Jim Irsay. Dear James, in response to your addled request for a quick 30 million dollar loan to secure the services of the Manning kid, I have to say no at this time. But the Leaf boy is another matter. He looks strong, and Manning doesn't, or at least not strong enough to handle that in quotes. Welcome to the NFL business for two years without a world-class offensive line. How are you fixed at left OT, offensive tackle, of course, for the next few years, James? Think about it. You don't want a China doll back there with that freak sap coming crashing in. Okay, let me know if you need some money for Leaf. I expect to be very rich when this debt movie comes out. Yours faithfully, your, your faithfully consultant, your, I'm sorry, your faithful consultant, Hunter S. Thompson. So a couple things. And, and here's, part of, here's part of like the idea that people go like, what a fucking idiot. Um, most of that is a joke. Like he doesn't have thirty million dollars. Yes, he doesn't he? He was not going to give him thirty million dollars. He he never had thirty million dollars before or after the hunter the the fear and loathing movie came out. It was a bust. Was not, it was a bomb. He was not he was not actually offering him thirty million dollars. Uh, it that was that was a straight up. That's like sarcasm, a hundred percent across the board. I'm not sure Jim Mersey. Jim Mersey certainly didn't ask Hunter S. Thompson for thirty million dollars. There's like. That's the joke is like your request. You know what I mean? Because one thing that he would often do was write shit like this, knowing it would get out and knowing that people would read it and be like, why is Hunter S. Thompson loaning Jim Irsay $30 million? Like he's joking. So now that being said, I don't think he's joking about Ryan Leaf. I think he's I think he was saying that uh, that, you know, he thinks Leaf is better. But let's be honest, half of the fucking you know, draft people had Leaf ranked higher. Like, this is before everything we knew about the Mannings. You know, this is before we knew that Peyton Manning was never going to miss a game in his NFL career. Like, obviously, if you watched Peyton Manning in college, you knew he was going to be great. But a lot of people thought that about Ryan Leaf, too. Yeah, it was pretty split. It was it was really split. And and again, I don't think anybody now in retrospect thinks that, that you know, Ryan Leaf was, you know, better prepared for the NFL than Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, what we learned about Peyton Manning, and I've always given him credit for this, he changed the offense in the NFL. Like the whole line read situation, Peyton Manning took that to a complete new level. 
a level that, you know, only the best quarterbacks in the league now can do like he did. And still there are guys who don't do it at the level he did. And he was fantastic. He's, he, I mean, it's a legendary game changer quarterback, but like swap the situations, you know, like I'm not sure Ryan Leaf isn't, doesn't have like a little bit longer of a career than uh, he would have if he ends up on the Colts and he has Marshall Falk and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like there's a lot of factors. And, uh, and the major factor, Ryan Leaf was a fucking sociopath, fucking drug addict. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's the main factor. Like Peyton Manning's like incredible mental ability in the NFL and Ryan Leaf's lack of that. How about this theory? Hunter S. Thompson believed they should have drafted Leaf because he did drugs with Ryan Leaf. And therefore, they knew each other. Well, I was going to say, you know, Hunter S. Thompson watched a lot of football games under the influence of massive amounts of drugs. So, look, I'm not saying that that doing the amount of drugs that Hunter S. Thompson uh, is doing is like necessarily a terrible thing for you. I I just don't know if I want my my scouts doing it. You know what I mean? Like if I'm an NFL team and my scouts call me is like. I, I started off the morning with cocaine. You're like, uh, maybe maybe I should consider what you're saying with a grain of salt. Yeah. You've been on fucking psychedelics all day. I know. Well, it, it was pretty interesting. And uh, if you guys want something else interesting, I sent it to you. I don't know if you ever read it because after Fear and Loathing came out or during it, Johnny Depp and Hunter S. Thompson became boys. And there, there was a, a great exclusive recent article in Rolling Stone about Johnny Depp. And it's like the first massive exclusive interview he's given in years where a reporter basically stays with him and goes to his house. And uh, it's very in-depth. It's a long, it's a very long article. But it, it goes into that world. And it said basically how Johnny Depp was so influenced from Hunter S. Thompson and all his uh, eccentric behavior and, and, the, and the drugs and all that. And uh, it's a fascinating read um, yeah, about Johnny and- Depp. And he talks about Hunter S. Thompson in that article yeah he i mean he spent you know somewhere between five and eight million dollars to for hunter s thompson's funeral to have him blown up and like fireworks which is again it you know it's like a it's like a perfect example of like a hunter s thompson gag gone like people are going like oh he why was he giving her 30 million dollars like hunter s thompson gave a bbc tv interview one time and joked about how when he died um he wanted to be sent up in a rocket uh a a firework and exploded over the valley in colorado where he lives like that this was his plan but everybody who ever watched it like especially in the 70s when it came out it was like yeah good luck with that dude you're like basically cash poor because you're a fucking drug addict and magazines don't exactly pay that much and uh johnny depp being a fucking you know hundred millionaire was like no i'm actually gonna do that for him <laughs> like yeah it's wild he's, he's, he spent a lot of money to do it and there's a great uh documentary about it if you guys uh hunter s thompson had a a, a filmographer that followed him around for a lot of different uh parts of his life named wayne ewing if you guys are interested there's th- i believe three different wayne ewing doc- documentaries about Hunter S. Thompson, and one of them is all about the funeral services uh, that Johnny Depp put, put together. And it's pretty great. And if you're a Hunter S. Thompson fan, I don't know, see if it's on YouTube or just go to Wayne Ewing's uh, Gonzo film site and, and buy it. It's, it's pretty awesome. That's cool, yeah. I'll have to check that out. Well, Prano, I want you to enjoy the beach. I got to get my butt moving here, too, because I got to 
fly out here in a few hours. So I got to get this episode loaded. Uh, so no Bingle Fest this week. No Bingle Fest, no shows uh, now. Well, no no road shows now until I head down to La Jolla with Eddie Ift uh, at the end of the month. I believe it's like the 25th, 26th, 27th, or 26th, 27th, 28th. All available, JoePrano.com. I'll be down there um, Eddie with Eddie. Tom Allen uh, from Chad Goes Deep. We're just going like a full three-man surf bonanza ding uh, down there in La Jolla. So if you're a SoCal dirtball or you're anywhere in the area or visiting, come check that out. That'll be a fun weekend in La Jolla. And then, um, and then basically just a lot of L.A. shows until – Besides La Jolla, until we head to Chicago for the Midwest Dirtball Meetup in September. Um, super stoked about that. Got to headline in Jersey um, at Stress Factory. Shout out to the Dirtballs who came when I was there last week. Already starting to think about how uh, the stress, the uh, the comedy bar headlining experience will be different from that. Already starting to, like that was kind of dropped on me at the last minute. You're going to headline. Yeah. So I'm going to put together put together something really great for the Dirtballs who come out into Chicago. And uh, we're going to go to New Comiskey, Old Comiskey, whatever they're calling it now. And, uh, and of course, Wrigley. So, JoePrano.com for all those dates. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Support our boy, and I will be there. We're going to do a live show, of course, in Chicago, which I'm really looking forward to that, too. I'll actually be flying through Chicago tonight, so... Uh, that will be a lot of fun in September. DirtySports.com, and as usual, guys, leave those iTunes reviews. Huge help. We all know it. All the shows, this show, Dirty Slides, Dent Report, it's all important. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, Prano, I'm, I'm excited to get back. I'm excited to get us back on film. I, 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 miss, I miss being filmed. I got to show. The lines have already grown in. You know, I got three new lines on my hair last week, and they're, they're, it's already been a week. They're already grown in, basically. Yeah, well, we'll we'll have to go see uh, we'll have to go see Trippy together sometime soon. We will. All right, dirtballs. Thanks for listening to the show, and most importantly, don't forget, condoms are for pussies.